Hello, and welcome to the Christ Church Cathedral Podcast. This is the message for Christmas Eve 2021 by the Bishop Susan Bell. We hope these words will enlighten your hearts and minds. I speak to you in the name of God, the loving Father, the incarnate Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, last week, when I was beginning to think about my sermon for this evening, I was listening to Bishop Terry Brown preach as an honorary assistant in the cathedral for the very first time, and it was as wonderful as ever. And I heard him say something near the end of his homily. He said, the birth of Jesus is all about presence. And his comment jogged a memory in me. He brought me back to the finest sermon on the Incarnation that I've ever had the privilege to be part of. It was given in the last year of my theology degree at Wycliffe College by a wonderful professor with an incredible facility to preach to all of us, not just to those who could keep up with him. I'll never forget the sermon he preached one December at the very end of term. It was about Jesus' name. Emmanuel, which means God with us. And the conceit goes like this. He said the meaning three ways. God with us, God with us, and God with us. That God comes to us as one of us as is a kind of divine disruption. It's the beginning of a story that we're still in the middle of. It begins with the incarnation, the literal embodying of God at Jesus' birth, and moves to his sacrifice for us in love on the cross, and a handing on of his mission of love to us, at which we are still faithfully working until all time is completed with Jesus' return. Well, it's a dynamic story in which we all have a major part to play. And it's an ongoing story. It's vital. It begins here tonight at the remembering of God's embodiment. And it's the narrative that that all scripture proclaims and that we're still living. It's good to know the story that we're in. So it begins with God with us. And I suppose as an example of that, our passage from Isaiah this evening really helps. This is a book of the Bible that's particularly clear about who Jesus is, why he came among us, and what he works to accomplish. And we, as the gathered community of Jesus' followers, read these words, of course, through the lens of the gospel. The prophet Isaiah foretells a time when the cycle of of human violence from which we simply cannot free ourselves, check out the daily news for evidence of that, not from war, not from personal violence against each other, or from violence from nation to nation, to a time when this, this endless cycle of meeting violence with violence will be broken not by some ferocious version of 
of might equals right, as we tend to try and solve things, but with an injection of divine love that is so the opposite of our ways of dealing with oppression, violence, and, and cruelty, that in its, in its otherness, it's deeply and profoundly powerful. The prophet tells us that we're like a great army that represents all things good, to, and, and we're to rally around the flag or the standard of the inbreaking love of God, this, this redeemer, Jesus, of course, who will walk a new path in the world, the good road, as our indigenous siblings remind us. He tells us urgently that the Redeemer is coming to redeem or to regain possession of all that was proclaimed good in us at creation. And the prophet urges us to run, not walk, to embrace this new worldview, this profoundly different way of living, and, and that by doing so and by living in the world according to God's ways, which are certainly not our ways, that we'll be known as a holy people. We're the ones whom God, Yahweh, Creator, has looked for and finding us has reclaimed us in love. But the sentence doesn't end there. Like all things godly, it's not about us only. See, not only have we been reclaimed by great love, we're to offer that same love to live and to work and to give out of God's love, which takes a radically different form than human love. That's why it's transformative. So in this act of, of divine disruption, the incarnation shows us a different vision of what our lives, our communities, our world could look like, where if we lived according to its precepts, we'd feed the poor, We'd house the homeless. We'd care for the hungry and the widow and the orphan. And by all these signs, by all these acts of, of mercy and these words of love, we know that it is God who is with us. And this is God's plan for us. You can hear it in Isaiah's words. Go through, go through the gates. Prepare the way for the people. Build up, build up the highway. <clears throat> Clear it of stones, lift up an ensign over the peoples. The Lord is proclaimed to the end of the earth. Say to your daughter Zion, see your salvation comes. His reward is with him and his recompense before him. They shall be called the holy people, the redeemed of the Lord, and you shall be called sought out, a city not forsaken. Now, God with us. You know, when I was a kid, <laughs> I talked a lot. I processed out here someplace, what many process interiorly. It was just my way. And I know I asked a lot of questions. I, I always thought that one of the most irritating answers to the many questions that I asked of the adults around me was because. And I guess I always figured that they said that because they were exhausted with trying to find answers to satisfy a busy little mind. But some compassion for those loving adults has come with age and with the need to satisfy my own four little busy minds. 
And I now think that it was a, a legitimate answer, maybe even an accurate answer. Some things are just because. And I reckon that's what St. Paul was trying to say in his beautiful letter to St. Titus, when he says, but when the good, goodness and loving kindness of our God, our Savior, appeared, he saved us, not because of any works of righteousness that we had done, but according to his mercy. It's a beautiful answer to the question, why? Why would God come to us? Because. Because when God's essential nature is love, and that we are a priori, the focus of that love, well, it's the only answer to the question, why would God come to us? Because love. And now we come to God with us. Well, this, I think, is very, very important. Now, I think we all know that we have mythologized the people in the birth narrative of Jesus. And that's beautiful. I'm not knocking it. Truly, I'm not. I love the nativity scenes and the angels and the shepherds. For much of my vocation, I've narrated it and the prophecies that led up to Jesus' birth in a live pageant. I have loved it all, the color and the drama, the yearly recitation of the grounding words of prophecy and fulfillment in Jesus' birth. But the fact is, these were just ordinary people into whose life God breaks. That is kind of the point. They were like you, and they were like me. You know, perhaps it would help if we remembered that Mary was a teenage girl, just like our own daughters and granddaughters, and that the shepherds were just guys doing a hard outdoor job, and that Joseph was an older father earning his crust as a tradesman in a close-knit community. But here's the thing. In the midst of all that ordinariness, the events of the birth of Christ announced to us one important, crucial thing. That what God did and does, that our God did and does go to any lengths to reach us in our daily occupations. To guide us and to love us, he even sent his son in the most vulnerable and human way possible to speak to us in our own language and in our own ways, so that there could be no mistake in understanding him. The birth of Christ represents a disruption of the way things are and shows us the way things could be, should be. And folks in this narrative are there for a reason, chosen for a reason to tell us things. If you think about it, the shepherds, just ordinary guys, like I said, doing a hard outside job, not princes, not kings, not high officials, but shepherds. And they're the first to hear about the birth of God, showing us that we're all included in God's plan, from what the world considers to be the least prestigious to the most. All are gathered into the compass of God's love. All are worthy. All. God comes to a woman, a girl really, whose life plan is turned upside down in, in order to receive him, a, 
a girl to whom a pregnancy outside marriage spelled social death and shame beyond what we can even conceive in our, thank God, more accepting times. But she accepts this destiny anyway. What stunning courage she had. God comes to a man, Joseph, whose whole idea of his role in his culture and even his role within his own marriage is redefined, showing that God can even rewrite our relationships in order to make room for his presence. Again, what courageous trust he placed in God. I mean, these are real people struggling with enormous challenges and supporting each other through enormous difficulties. And God comes to men who seek wisdom in the stars and instead find wisdom in a stable through the deepest and most committed love that exists. God comes to a land in which a man in the form of the emperor has set himself up as God, reaching for the power of the divine. But where the reality is that God has come in the form of a human reaching down into our lives in the power of love and not in domination or political repression. God has come to us to disrupt us with love. Is it any wonder that the psalmist sings how majestic and splendid God is. The birth of Jesus is all about presence. Emmanuel, God with us. But you know, it's quite easy to miss it in all of the busyness of the season and, and in the renewed anxiety of this pandemic season in particular. But it's why we gather tonight virtually to deal with some of that anxiety, to think and to be still and to wonder at the incarnation, to ask the question in our hearts, why? Why is God with us? And to receive that answer and to know that it is because, because God is love, that God is with us in God's ways, preaching a new message of love, of strength and weakness, of wisdom and vulnerability, and the extraordinary in the ordinary. So if, like me, you are an ordinary person, because of Emmanuel, we can expect the extraordinary love of God to break into our lives to change them. Because that's the story we're in. And it's why we proclaim it tonight, because the celebration and perhaps the anxiety threatens at times to overwhelm the center. But in sharing the story, in all its drama, all its poignancy and deep meaning, we remember the central truth of what we believe both tonight, but next week and next month and next year, that God came to us as one of us to show us what God's love looks and feels like and how that love can through us and in the power of the Holy Spirit change our lives and the world around us. That's why the narrative of Jesus' birth remains a sacred site, a kind of touchstone for very many people inside and outside our churches. And tonight is the time to touch its sacredness. 
and let it touch us. God is with us. God is with us. God is with us. A very happy and blessed Feast of the Nativity of Christ to you all. In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Thanks for listening. This podcast is a production of Christ Church Cathedral. Audio editing and original theme by Eduardo Farias. We hope you join us again soon. Have a blessed day.